Welcome back to the Dogwood Podcast. I'm your host, Kai Nagata. It's November. A year ago, Canada's federal government approved Kinder Morgan's Trans Mountain Pipeline. Now the Texas company has marshaled a flotilla of cranes and barges to build a new terminal in Burrard Inlet capable of loading three oil tankers at once. The site is surrounded by a floating metal fence topped with razor wire and patrolled 24 hours a day by private security. Meanwhile, the company is preparing to stockpile pipe across the province in New Westminster, Chilliwack, Hope, Merritt, Kamloops, Vavenby, and Vailmount. But the battle is far from lost. First Nations and British Columbians are striking back in the courts and on the land, doing things like taking pictures of Kinder Morgan's work and reporting blatant violations of the law while the regulators sit on their butts. Vigilant citizens have delayed construction by months, costing the company tens of millions of dollars, and they are really getting upset. The question now is, will the BC government muster the courage to defend the province before a full-blown invasion by Kinder Morgan? Joining me now is Jedi Knight and Dogwood Tanker campaigner, Sophie Harrison. Welcome, Sophie. Hi, Kai. Here to talk about how Kinder Morgan is the absolute worst. Literally the worst. Just the worst. There's a lot to talk about. Uh, Let's start with them breaking the friggin' law. Yes. So for folks who haven't been paying attention to this massive story, Kinder Morgan this summer marched into BC, installed some snow fencing in a whole bunch of rivers and streams to stop salmon from spawning. In other words, just plastic garbage, orange plastic netting in rivers. Yes. With absolutely no permits. No permits. Nobody even knew they were doing it. No, nobody knew they were doing it until a Abbotsford resident caught them bragging about this innovative snow fencing technique on the company blog and reported it to the National Energy Board. They were like, hey, look, look at this 30 cent per foot solution we figured out to stop salmon from spawning in inconvenient places where we would then try to dig a trench and lay our pipeline. But if they can't spawn there, then little fishies can't get in the way of our pipeline, basically. Exactly. And so what happened next? Uh, So Lynn from Abbotsford reported this. The National Energy Board looked into it, realized that, whoa, Kinder Morgan is in violation of the law. They told Kinder Morgan to stop installing more of these nets. Kinder Morgan had intended to put many more of these in BC rivers and streams, but they didn't ask Kinder Morgan to take out the nets that were already in. Right. So seven rivers in BC already had this mesh in there. And that's when we sent uh, a drone photographer up to actually get images of, uh, of these pipeline crossings. And as it turned out, much bigger scale than people had anticipated or realized from the Kinder Morgan blog. And that's when things really blew up. Yeah, I think it was really disturbing for a lot of people to actually see the visuals of, as you said, that orange garbage in the streams. Yeah, and it's Chinook salmon. It's like the food that the orca whales literally need to survive and they're going extinct. It's steelhead, which are going extinct. They're targeting kokanee and rainbow trout and chum and pinks and all of these species that not only recreational anglers, but also First Nations and food fishers, just absolutely egregious across the line. And it got a lot of people off their their butts who uh, hadn't been very active on the Kinder Morgan file up until then. So the government sends in enforcement staff. They write a strongly worded letter to the federal government saying, please enforce the law. Um, And where are things now? Yeah, well, so that's finally after this video that we we got went viral. The BC government spoke out 
against this lawbreaking. Um, but what's disturbing to me is we still haven't seen any real consequences for this company. As a result of them breaking the law, they're actually getting ahead of their construction schedule because they were able to leave these nets in the streams. Um, and no government has made any consequences for them yet. Right. Bill Morneau uh, forgets about his French villa. At least he has to pay a $200 fine. Kinder Morgan uh, just forgets they left a bunch of plastic garbage in these streams without permits. And as a result, they get to build their pipeline a year earlier than if they'd had to rip them out. The absolute worst. Yeah. So one of the things we're asking is, given that so far our federal government has been totally asleep at the wheel and holding these guys accountable, uh, we're asking the B.C. government to stop giving more permits to Kinder Morgan until this incident can be investigated and until the folks who live here and rely on these waterways and these fish can be assured that Kinder Morgan won't break the law like this again. Speaking of permits, uh, let's jump down the line to the city of Burnaby. Uh, what the hell is going on here? Right. So a couple of weeks back, Kinder Morgan um, filed a request to the National Energy Board, basically saying or accusing the Burnaby government of withholding and stalling permits for construction and asking for permission from the National Energy Board to just plow ahead without permits from municipalities or even without permits from the province of B.C., so on the one hand, they pretend, we're the good guys, we follow all the laws, we're happy to follow the local processes and satisfy the citizens. But if that takes too long, because you have a billion dollars of other projects going on in Burnaby and you have a permitting department with limited staff, uh, we're going to go to Calgary and try to get the National Energy Board to override you and basically nullify uh, local bylaws. Exactly. I mean, these permits are slow, right? If you want to expand your deck in the city of Burnaby, you have to file for permits. Sometimes that takes a while. Kinder Morgan has never built a pipeline in Canada before. And I think they've underestimated how long these things are taking. And they're panicked. That's right. People forget about that, right? The The original line was built in 1953. Kinder Morgan had not even been created from the ashes of Enron when the original pipeline went in. And it was done in the 50s when the RCMP comes and knocks on your door and they're like, hey, by the way, uh, there's a pipeline coming through. And people are like, gee, okay. Sucks to be you. So now we've got this massive tank farm expansion in Burnaby. They want to bore through the mountain. They want to expand the Westridge Terminal. And the city of Burnaby is saying, okay, we're going to do our due diligence. We're going to issue you your permits, uh, but maybe not on the schedule that you aggressively outlined uh, in order to try to get this thing up and running by this fall. Exactly. So now Kinder Morgan has this request in front of the National Energy Board. The National Energy Board is going to review it at some hearings that will be held in, guess where, Calgary. Great. And at least in this case, the B.C. government is standing up and saying, excuse me, um, municipalities are creatures of the province. Their jurisdiction flows from provincial jurisdiction. And for a federal industry-captured energy facilitator, regulator like the NEB to say your local laws don't apply, uh, that actually is stepping on BC jurisdiction. Exactly. And actually, one of the weirdest things about this request that Kinder Morgan put forward is, one, they, they're going after the city of Burnaby, falsely accusing them of slowing down permitting. But then they also ask for basically a process in case this happens again that would allow them to circumvent permits from other cities or the province of BC in the future. And what the province of BC is saying here is, that's absurd. You haven't mentioned any issues with other municipalities, with our government yet, and you're coming after all of our permitting processes just as a preemptive measure to rewrite how the rules work in this province that you're not from? Wow. Okay. So they 
they they are hung up on municipal and provincial some provincial permits for now. Although they are getting provincial permits from the Oil and Gas Commission. Yep. Another thing people don't seem to realize is that the province is still merrily handing out construction permits to Kinder Morgan despite them breaking the law. But they do have uh, some permits, for example, from the port of Metro Vancouver. Our, which our is greatest pals. Another industry captured regulator whose job it is to expand the port forever. And they have given Kinder Morgan permission to start building in Burrard Inlet. Right, exactly. You can see huge cranes out there right now starting construction work. It's actually boggling. The last time I saw cranes that big was uh, when they were trying to lift the tugboat off the ocean floor in Bella Bella after that huge diesel spill last fall. And they had to bring in these these cranes from Alaska and Washington State to try to lift this thing up. And now you have this equipment. And around the whole thing, you know, stretching halfway across Burrard Inlet is this fence. Massive fence topped by razor wire. It is huge. Every time I go for a walk behind our office out in Burnaby, I can just see it from the Trans-Canada Trail, just stretching halfway across the inlet. We chatted with some folks that are actually seeing that fence now every day when they look out their windows out in Burnaby. Um, folks are pretty just confused, and it it looks horrifying. It's this catwalk. It's a floating metal catwalk with six-foot fences on both sides, and then just concertina wire along the top. Like, you could walk along in body armor and just pepper spray anybody coming up to the fence. And that's the idea. It's like they're they're basically putting this, like, militarized security perimeter around all of the equipment uh, that's now working on, on driving piles and expanding the Westridge Terminal. And this is happening right now. As we speak. So, uh, meanwhile, I mean, we have seen some, uh, the beginnings of some direct action, people in kayaks going out and stopping, trying to slow down that that work on the water. Um, The Squamish Nation is taking a, a different approach. Can you talk about that? Right. So the Squamish Nation has launched not one but two legal challenges against uh, the approval of Kinder Morgan's pipeline and oil tanker project. So in October, their legal challenge against the Trudeau government was heard in federal court. Um, but this month, they're in provincial Supreme Court against the government of B.C.'s Kinder Morgan approval as well. Sophie, you got some tape of Chief Ian Campbell from the Squamish Nation launching their legal challenge against the province. Let's have a listen. The consultation thus far regarding this project was a farce and the province failed completely in their duty to consult with First Nations people. The initial project was established at a time when our First Nations people were not even citizens in our own lands and we had no legal recourse afforded to us under Canadian law. That era has come and gone and we are now entering a post-colonial era one of reconciliation and we will demand the actions that go with that and we will utilize the court systems to seek the honor of the crown in dealing with first nations that leads to true consent so that was chief ian campbell from the squamish nation and just to recap i mean they're challenging an approval given out by christy clark right this this is a certificate from the previous provincial government Exactly. Her party took more than $771,000 from Kinder Morgan's oil industry backers. Then they approved this project. Squamish Nation is saying, this was not a fair approval process. We were not properly consulted. Uh, And the most upsetting thing is that our new BC government is in court actually defending Christy Clark's flawed approval. So the BC government, the NDP government, is in federal court saying... Uh, this thing is not in BC's interests. We oppose Kinder Morgan. 
And then they're in provincial Supreme Court saying to the Squamish, you don't really have claim to this territory. Uh, We consulted you just fine. And this approval should stand. Super frustrating. And to me, a pretty clear contradiction, not only on their promises to use every tool available to stop Kinder Morgan, but also on their promises to implement the UN Declaration on the Rights of Indigenous Peoples and actually move forward in a real spirit of reconciliation with First Nations in this province. Uh, In fairness to the government position, they claim that they basically have no choice and that the honor of the crown demands that they uh, defend previous decisions by previous administrations. I'll just editorialize here. I'm not a lawyer. That's completely bonkers. Why would you hold elections? What is the point of having new governments if they cannot undo or change the policy course of the previous government? But editorial over. There's one uh, last thing that we need to discuss that is coming at us this month, and that is the potentially illegal uh, order of massive amounts of steel pipe that Kinder Morgan has now put in. 300,000 tons of it. Coming to a community near you, possibly by the end of November, uh, and we know this from Smog blog, uh, Carol Linnett wrote an article about this pipe order that was actually placed in the summer. And the sketchy thing is that they are supposed to submit a quality control plan to the National Energy Board before they even start manufacturing the pipe. It's this Russian-owned consortium. One of Vladimir Putin's buddies has this pipe plant in Saskatchewan, and that is who is going to be making this stuff. And the whole point of a quality control plan is to make sure that you don't end up with them cutting corners and the pipe bursting sometime in the next 50 years because of poor quality steel. They never submitted that quality control plan. That is a direct violation of another NEB condition. And so all we need is for the National Energy Board to just enforce their existing conditions, and they would have to go back to square one on this pipe order. But so far, nothing. No good there. So... What do you think is what do you think is going on here? I mean, most people are just not seeing this because it's not being covered in the mainstream media. But but all of this activity and Kinder Morgan's multi-front assault on salmon rivers and breaking the rules and trying to override local jurisdiction and push forward with construction. What is your what's your read? I think they're bluffing for investors. I think they are putting on a big and very scary if you live here show. Um, that they're serious about construction. I think they're not respecting the laws, but they know that at least so far, um, the regulators are going to let them get away with it. So we need we need the regulator to do their job. We need the provincial government to do what they promised to do, which is use every tool in the toolbox to stop this thing. Um, and we also need to stand behind municipalities and First Nations that are enforcing their jurisdiction uh, in the courts and in the permitting process, however, however dry that may seem. Uh, it sets a dangerous precedent if you can have a Texas pipeline company just come in and say the rules don't apply to us. Kinder Morgan has proven themselves to be a bad actor. They think they're above the law, and we just need our governments to enforce their own regulations that are already in place to protect our communities, to protect any semblance of fairness in this process. Kinder Morgan themselves has admitted uh, at, at at multiple points, that this whole proposal may be shakier than it appears. Exactly. So when they were raising all that cash for their initial public offering earlier this year, one of the things in that IPO prospectus was basically like, our pipeline could fall apart. This might never get built because some governments might stand up or a First Nations lawsuit might overturn the approval. Or Any number l- of Rising ways. sea levels could uh, destroy the Westridge Terminal. Right, classic. And the, 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 the sickening thing that just like, uh, 
I don't even have words, but they walk away with billions of dollars, whether it gets canceled or not, because all these dumbass investors have already given over all of this cash to build the pipeline through this IPO process and and subsequent uh, sales of shares. They've raised the money. And so they put a buyer beware clause in that IPO. They said, look, this thing might never get built. Uh, you lose all your money in that case. And so just like Enron, the the previous version of Kinder Morgan, you know, these guys could walk away with billions of dollars, never build their pipeline. That would infuriate me, but but it would be worse if they got to keep that money and line their own pockets and evade Canadian taxes and build this destructive tar sands liquidation pipeline that puts 408 tankers a year through Burrard Inlet against the consent of local First Nations. So... What do you think we need to do in the next little while before Christmas? I think the first step is to keep the pressure up on our BC government. I think we know they have this promise to use every tool available to stop Kinder Morgan's assault on our province. Um, And they took some first steps. They'll be intervening in Kinder Morgan's attempt to rewrite and overrun local and provincial laws um but we need them to take more action i really think i think kinder morgan has proven themselves to be a bad actor they've already broken the law um not followed the regulations that they need to while building this project and i think we need our bc government to to stop handing them permits thanks so much sophie thanks kai Okay, next up, I want to bring in Dogwood Provincial Organizer, Emily Glass. Emily, how are you? I'm doing all right, Kai. Just back from vacation. How are you? Um, pretty good. Uh, you you grew up in, uh, in North Van, right? In Deep Cove? I did. Just a five-minute walk from that, that main beautiful area where everyone hangs out and eats donuts. What do you think of this uh, razor wire fence going up in Burrard Inlet? When I first saw the video that Sophie made... Um, I felt this clenching in my stomach. We've been fighting this fight for so long, and it always felt far away, the possibility of construction. It didn't feel real, but at the same time, it strengthened my resolve. Um, when I think about like where I grew up, there's a clear line in the sand, <laughs> and it's why I do this. It's one of the reasons I do this work. I just have any clear memories of spending time in Deep Cove, and I love that place, and I love, I love the people, and foreign company is not going to come in and erect razor wire fences so that folks can continue living in this place. How's, um, how's morale on your team? As we move into November, um, there's this sense that people have one last push in them. Um, it's been a really big year. Yeah. Um, there's a major election with lots of uncertainty following it. Um, and then the government took a stance, and it's just been this emotional <laughs> roller coaster, and people are tired. Um, but I think everyone senses the urgency and importance of this moment, and we know that there's like before the holidays this this one moment that we can probably take advantage of, and you know, squeeze out some last some last energy. So you're cooking cooking something up for us. Oh, you bet. <laughs> We're cooking it up. <laughs> there is a there's this big anniversary coming up. Yeah. Um, so I it's hear it's going to be a year since the Trudeau government totally broke their promise to uh, to bring in a new review on Kinder Morgan, approve the pipeline under Harper's old broken NEB process. That's coming up um, end of November. So what are you planning? It is a really important anniversary. I remember um, 
the malaise we all felt this time last year. We thought it was happening. It was coming. The Trudeau government was going to betray us. Oh, yeah. The writing was on the wall, but we all wanted to believe. So the field teams planned this big day of action. So bearing that in mind, we came up with um, the idea to do it again this year. Um, That anniversary is on November 29th. That's a Wednesday. So we are organizing um, canvases in key writings across the province for the Sunday before, November 26th. We'll be gathering teams into more central areas um, so that we can aim to get a thousand signatures in one day in key NDP writings um, so that we can communicate to those MLAs that we're out talking to their constituents, um, that we're having ongoing conversations about the fact that on permitting is ongoing. Um, The project has not been stopped despite their promise to use every tool available. Um, and we'll be able to communicate the, back those numbers and the stories of the volunteers who went out and knocked on doors on the 26th um, so that they are aware that the constituents are coming with us and taking action um, and want them to do the right thing and use a tool that is going to stop that ongoing permitting. Why is it important to, um, to talk to voters in, in government-held ridings? It's super important for the government... Um, to understand that there are consequences to what they're doing now, whether they're good consequences or bad consequences, um, they were elected with a clear mandate to stop Kinder Morgan, and their constituents still want them to. Um, We know that since we're out talking to people all the time. We know the public appetite to stop Kinder Morgan is still there, and we just need to translate that into conversations with our officials so that they know we still want them to do the right thing. We've been doing this for a few weeks now through a calling action where we patch our supporters in key writings through to their MLAs to leave them messages to let them know we still want um, them to do the right thing and stop Kinder Morgan. Um, and that's, that's had great pickup. Uh, it's a really great action to connect with our most engaged supporters and ask them to let their officials know that there will be consequences. And if they do the right thing and stop Kinder Morgan, it's demonstrating great leadership. So this is nothing new. This shouldn't be a surprise, but we are ramping it up as that anniversary gets closer at the end of the month. So you said the 26th, the yeah. Sunday, yeah. at the end of November, canvassing teams in ridings across BC. How can people get involved? We have a great uh, new events calendar page on our website. So if you go to dogwoodbc.ca forward slash events, you'll see on the 26th there are a number up one just outside of Victoria, one in Vancouver, with a number of others in the Lower Mainland, including on the North Shore, Burnaby, Delta. If you go to that website, uh, you can sign up for an event close to you. Um, There'll be others across the province, and you'll get all the information you need to come out and join us, talk to people in those key writings, um, and we'd be happy to assist um, you getting to those events. So signing yourself up, you'll get all the information you need in order to participate in that calling action. There'll be an email going out uh, to do an online training webinar with our remote organizer, Anna, you probably know from our previous podcast. Um, And you can join Anna in, in connecting with our supporters to connect them with their MLAs. So if people are busy on the Sunday or if they have mobility issues or if they don't live in a riding where there's a Canvas event, they can join the calling action and help patch people through to their MLAs. Or if you're a real keener, you can do both. Exactly. <laughs> you can come out in person on the 26th and the calling action is open for the rest of the month. Get in touch or respond to that email to get trained up. Okay. 
Awesome. Good luck. Thanks a lot, Emily. Thank you, Kai. Okay, folks, that's your Dogwood podcast for the month of November. And the court cases have wrapped up. We're waiting for judgments on the 18 legal challenges against Kinder Morgan. And in the meantime, the company is charging ahead with construction, trying to put on a good show as they raise yet more cash from gullible investors. It's time for the BC government to step up. If you want to canvas to encourage Premier Horgan and his ministers to fulfill their election promise, join us at dogwoodbc.ca. The day of action is Sunday, November 26th. All of this, of course, leading up to the one-year anniversary of Justin Trudeau's approval of the Kinder Morgan Pipeline and Oil Tanker Project. Listen, I, I really do believe we can stop this thing. Kinder Morgan is more fragile than they look. But the BC government needs to put up an actual fight. And our job as British Columbians is to give them that motivation. Thanks for listening. I'm Kai Nagata. Sunday, November 26th. I'll see you out there with Sophie, Emily, and the whole gang. Until then, keep your stick on the ice.